Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's the last episode before the new year. It is. It is. But people like you love timing this. You love putting this into a time and space. You don't have to. It's about context. I don't have to. You're right. Um, I don't. And my mom is here because we had to batch record these because, again, didn't bring my, I don't even tell people that, didn't even bring my Zoom recorder to Europe because I don't check a bag. So I'm not schlepping this equipment. We can batch record these because the truth is bridesmaid drama and roommate hate is perennial. It's evergreen. I was, Holidays are wrapping up. I was thinking this morning, I want to challenge the listeners. If you have a question we have never answered before, please write it in because there is something interesting, the idea that you hear the advice to a question and then you ask the mm-hmm. same question because you want that advice given to you. And I get that 100%. But I want to. I want you to surprise me with a question I haven't heard before, like the tooth, the toothless man, or yeah. the photographer, or you know, come, like come a in twist here. or a turn. Yeah. Speaking of surprise, surprise, my mom is here. Yes, I am. Well, let's ready get to it. We're ready, ready to roll because we got to jam it. In. I mean, people, we got to put out the good energy for that new year coming up, the worst holiday of the year. Oh, first of all, golden black always looks like like a cabaret performance. Every Going out on New Year's Eve is only for when you are newly dating or single in your early 20s. Other than that, you don't have the emotional bandwidth, the patience, no. the low body fat to withstand the cold, but also care about looking hot. And it's not like there's great food at a New Year's party. It's kind of like, we gave you some alcohol. You should be fine. Stay here till midnight. I literally had a friend who was like, we're going to go out for dinner on New Year's. And I like lost respect for them. I was like, oh, you're stupid. (laughs) Got it. That's cool that we spend so much time together. (laughs) It's crowded. Like it's like Valentine's Day. Costs you twice as much, twice as crowded. And 
half as much as rewarding because you expected more than you ever got. You have to go for like a mediocre dinner, like go to like Paquito Moss. Like they're not going to raise their prices. You can just eat there. Is it New Year's or Valentine where two of the Sex and the City women go to that same Chinese restaurant and eat a meal and there's balloons? Is that Valentine's Day? It was a Valentine's Day episode in the old one where like Miranda like confessed something to Carrie who as per usual was unreasonable and just weird. And Miranda like was actually acting and Carrie's like me, 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 answering (laughs) machine. No cell phone me. (laughs) I never get tired of not liking her and of not liking that new show, but I still watch it. You have to. That's so let's, uh, let's get into it. I had to ask the experts, am I the asshole, male and female, 30s, no kids? Here's my question. Wait a minute. Did you just say male and female? Third, yeah. So a male. Oh, people ass. identify as both. A male and a female. 30s, no kids. Both ass. Which one is the asshole is the question? We don't ask that anymore because Reddit is dead to me. <laughs> we can call people assholes though. Reddit doesn't own the it. The question is, which of these two... So, is the asshole? So these ha- these people have a question. They're just setting the scene with their ages and genders for context. To proceed? Yeah, I'd like to be clear on it. So they're both 31 and they can't decide who's the asshole. We're talking about one female nope, and nope, one male. Nope, they're both, are we the asshole? Are oh. we one giant butthole? <laughs> Did no, we make the, the mistake? Is that the Am question? I the asshole? Is, is a, it's like a... A category on Reddit. Like, hey, am I the asshole? I did something. What do you guys think? I, what, was, was I wrong? They're basically asking, were we wrong in what we're about to tell you? So we is I. Just trying to be clear. There's two people involved. Liberal use of the nominative plural. Oh, you're dying to use that. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> My fiance's lifelong best friend lives four hours away in a destination location where they also own a separate beach house that they rent on Airbnb. When we have visited in the past, we stay in the guest bedroom of their family home. Recently, they have invited us to visit over a holiday weekend and specifically mentioned via DM, if you want to come visit, we could block off the beach house for a couple days. There Uh was a past incident of them unexpectedly charging full price to mutual visiting friends for a small service at their other local business who would have otherwise declined had they known the fees beforehand. Are we the assholes for assuming that we would not have to pay for the Airbnb due to it being a business? Love, Anonymous. It's a business. So say, before we make the decision, I, I need to be just before concerned. We, what does it cost? Yeah, if what we're going to come visit what you. What the charge be? We just need to know that that's exactly right. People get so weird about it because then you can frame it like, because we might stay at a hotel, so we just want to know, we just want to have all the facts. What's the rate? That way it makes it look like you weren't expecting right. it. Non-judgmentally. It is weird. It to is your business. But it is weird to invite your friends to visit, so they pay to go visit. It's like, and we're going to charge you. Unless it's some exquisite property, but it still is... A little weird to invite people to charge them. You would think you would set it up like, hey, we can give you a really good deal on the Airbnb if you'd rather stay there th- by yourselves than stay in our guest room. Like you would, they it's should that they're set just, it up. They're hoping you'll just pay it. So you just have to be like, hey, what are we charging? Right. Since they didn't set it up, you have to ask. So we can compare prices. Yeah. 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 Just to get our ducks in a row. What is it if we go And be here, prepared not to go. Right. Be prepared to be like, sorry, that's too much. Also, I don't want to pay for a cleaning fee, a maintenance fee, a therapy fee. A holiday a weekend. Loving fee, yeah. Damages yeah. fee. Yeah, yeah, too much. Mm-mm. Or it's a great deal and you wanted to go there anyway. 
Right. But if the whole point of going was to like go to this great place, it just depends. Right. So. You know, just when someone has a business, doesn't mean you get stuff for free. You know, your your best friend has a, is has an optometry store. It doesn't mean you get glasses for free. I mean, I have two kinds of, I mean, it does and it doesn't. Depends on what you're doing, but I have two kinds of people. I have people who are like, I'm going to buy a ticket to come see you. And normally I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like at a local show, it doesn't matter. But the amount of friends that are like, oh, my friend, I'm going to get a ticket for my friend. And I'm like, I have a new rule. I'm like, does your friend want to see me? Like, these are not tickets to just be given out to like your kid or your kid's friends. I'm like, if they're a fan, sure. But like, people don't understand that like these things add up. And if I give out 30 free tickets, like that's hundreds of dollars, thousands. Well, and the maintenance of like making sure the person gets checked in and they have their ID and that they have the details of when they should show up because they're not getting the ticketing email that has all those details. It's like, it's a lot of admin. Yeah, you're like, what you, why Why am I'm I paying saying, for you to come see free comedy? Well, also, the, most of the venues limit say we can give you six free, you know, complimentary tickets. Well, to they you do. To give it to you. I right. get 10 comps. So normally it doesn't matter. But like we did this business deal with someone who asked for 16 tickets. And I was like, <laughs> are you giving me a discount on the business deal we did? Like this is, I'm not filling an arena. Right. You don't have it to give. I do have it to give, but sometimes I don't want, I certainly don't have it to give so you can give it to someone just for fun who's like, oh, I think I've heard of her. Like, I'm good. Yeah. No new friends. Anyway, so I get the business side. So just be aware that your friends also need to make money. Yeah. Okay, nobody's an asshole. Moving on. Correct. (laughs) No, No one's ever an asshole. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, AIA crew. I need advice on dealing with my sister and mom. My sister in her 30s had to move back into my mom's after her breakup since she was left with nothing. My sister and mom have always had an extremely negative, toxic relationship that has only amplified since living together again. My mom is an alcoholic and very hard to live with because of her habits, so I understand my sister's overall frustration. Still, I've always had a better relationship with my mom. The issue is now when I make plans with my family, my sister begs me not to invite my mom. On one side, I understand because them together does ruin the vibe every single time, but also it's unfair to have family get-togethers and include everyone but her. My sister is selfish and has always felt the world revolves around her, so it makes me just not even want to cater to what she wants. If she's that uncomfortable with it, she can stay home. Still, she's fun to hang out with and has nobody else, so I don't really want to stop inviting her either. So my question is, What can I do to keep the peace while still including everyone? Should I call out their behavior towards each other in the moment or just accept that this is on them and don't give it oxygen? Thank you. I have an opinion. Oh, yes, you are here. Oh, I'm here. Um, My opinion is whenever you have a family event, everyone gets invited. That's it. It's not on you. It's not on her. It's not on you. But if you want to get together with your sister, who is a lot of fun, go to a movie with her. Just the two of you. Go to dinner with just her. That's that's quite sufficient. Yeah, that's but it's not, on not you. your job to be the referee. And by the way, I get that she was left with nothing, but uh-huh. does that mean he cleaned out her bank account yeah, and I, furniture? My bigger or issue, she just can't pay rent without him. Yeah, my bigger issue is like if you weren't married with children, like w- did you not have a job? Did you not have savings? Like, are you not independent? Like, what happened? She needs to be focused on getting her own place. Right. And if you said she's so focus on just herself it sounds like she's being incredibly selfish in her your in her she mother's wants it both space ways. yeah you know your mom's an alcoholic your life must be pretty shitty if you're like i'm going to move in with the one woman i don't get along with who has like a chemical imbalance right. she needs to move out it's but that's not, on not you. your concern you know what aunt debbie said something you we were sitting around the kitchen table she said something i forgot what it was about something we didn't like and she goes i know you don't like that and i know you want me to not like that but i don't want to mm-hmm. do you remember that yesterday Oh, it so was somebody, things. it was somebody who had done something. You guys don't really talk shit on people, but it was someone. Right. 
And you were like, she was like, I know you have negative feelings about them and you want me to, but I don't want to do that. Right. And I like that. I think about friends who have like a friend they don't like and they kind of right. put it on you. And I like that of being like, I know you don't like them and you want me to not like them, but I don't want to do that. You know what? That's, I think that's so cute. That's from the last episode with the girlfriend A yes. and B. And one was trying to make that's right. the A, B, and C. And, and C was always trying to pull B away from yeah, be away from me because B and A made friends with each other and C didn't like that. But Aunt Debbie said that. And if I ask either of you, what were we talking about? You'll both be like, I don't even remember. But it was a moment where I just liked the way she said it. it was just so innocent. Like, I know you have those negative feelings and you want me to, but I just, I don't want to do that. Like, not even that I don't, I just don't want to. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you would like someone to be on your side, but sometimes it's really not. The whole podcast is why I do the whole thing. I need everyone on my side for all these microaggressions. Yeah, it's uh, it's not on you. It's not it's not your responsibility to govern other people's relationships. Right. That, this was an easy one. Yeah, Both yeah Emily. Were. Nice lob. Well, now we have a follow up where you were right, Eliza. Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> there was there was a question asker. She'd had a crush on her coworker. They had dated during the summer and then kind of split up. Like, uh, we're not at the same place. Then he kind of moved back to the same area. They were hanging out, so they were talking more. She wanted exclusivity and that he was, like, afraid of labels. Remember? And right, so because he's not into her. Well. Right. So she, she was like, oh, should we get back together? You. you know, what What should we do? So now we have a follow-up. Red Hot Update. I came up with a compromise. And after two weeks, when I checked in, he got super defensive. So long story short, it's over. It hurts, but it's not meant to be between us. Once again... Eliza was right. Good for you. Yay. Good for you for acknowledging I was right. And I'm also <laughs> glad you. that that helped you. <laughs> Good. It's It sucks. And you know what? That's very mature of you to be like, yeah, it really hurts. I think this guy's hot. I like him. But ultimately, this guy, you get it. You don't need me to. I feel it's like- interesting yeah. that, that you would get that invested in somebody without getting anything back. Oh, I mean, is that interesting or is that very human nature? I mean, I'm writing a script right now and I'm in love- with our main character, who's not real and is kind of an asshole. But I would wreck my world for him. Well, this this person had had a crush on this guy too before they got together. So it was super built up. And then they got together and it was like, yeah. But I'm glad that they put a boundary and they were like, you know what? He's not replying. He's being weird. Done. Right. Repairing American fabric. Guess what? Within a year, he'll be married to somebody. He just was not that into that girl. Okay. You want to rub it in. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Well, maybe it makes her move on more faster. Yeah, I mean, she, who knows when she wrote this? Who knows when right. Emily went into the crypt and pulled out this question? <laughs> so sometimes I go She's really like, I'm far on my back. way to see. I'm on my way to see the Twin Towers. <laughs> writing to you from a cab <laughs> that I have to pay for in cash. <laughs> Awful. Hey, <Go> l- <laughs> hey, ladies. First of all, I want to genuinely thank you for all the advice, laughs, and red hot debates on the pod. You are constantly playing in the background. I believe you've partially shaped who I'm turning into now. It's kind of scary. A little bit of background. <laughs> Only partially. <laughs> Is she working out? Yeah. I am 27, currently unemployed, and my, quote, job is doing about 13 hours of therapy a week. I struggle with mania and psychosis when life gets tough. I'm about a month sober from weed and alcohol, and I've turned my life around dramatically. I had a deadbeat boyfriend that I was with for too long. He caught a pretty nefarious case earlier this year. Oh, no. Think the grossest thing you can do as a 40-something man on the internet. 
and I became paralyzed with anxiety and codependent. We almost got married because I was terrified I wouldn't be able to take care of myself without him as I was in a collision with a semi-truck right after he went to jail and I got fired from my job because I was missing work due to, you know, being hit by a semi. After a lot of blacking out to numb the physical and emotional pain, a few inpatient stays and many regular therapy sessions, I got into a really good intensive outpatient program. As I was detoxing, I realized just how uncomfortable I was with my life. I wanted to crawl out of my skin because I had stayed with that loser for so long and I knew I had to make an exit strategy. A good friend offered to let me stay with her and after a long month of packing and mania at the ex's house, I am rid of him. I'm not home free yet as I'm still on his car insurance because it would be $350 a month for me to get independently and I'm still not working to focus on treatment. I am in the early days of sobriety. And I would like to ride out the free stay for the two months and really hone my coping skills and make sure I'm good. I can't do a physical job like I was doing before, but I live in a huge city with plenty of opportunities to try something new. I want to go back to school as I didn't finish. My mom has offered to help me with school, but that relationship is complicated and it wouldn't be enough to cover anything. What I'm asking is, where do I go from here? I know you aren't mental health professionals. I have plenty of help Mm. in that capacity. I feel like the world is at my fingertips and I'm a bit scared. I don't have a safety net. It's time for me to make my own way and I'm on the right track. Any advice to keep me in the right headspace would be lovely. Make it lovely is one of my favorite sayings. Nobody ever gets it, but I say it just for me. Okay, rub it in (laughs) that no one saw my sketch show. Thanks. (laughs) Best manic pixie dream girl. A lot of stuff going on there. That's a lot. I was surprised by the positivity of the end. Yes, I was too. And that's the only reason I'm on your side because this isn't a pity party. You're like, here are the things that happen. Here is the therapy that I'm in versus saying like, I know I need to deal with it. First of all, you live in a huge city. Get rid of your car. Get rid of your car. Get off of his insurance. You do not need, that is an excuse to be tethered to this person. Agreed. Plus, Plus, you don't need a car because you're not going to work. So take the bus, walk, take take an Uber, take a, I hate them, but one of those Lime scooters, whatever. But you know what else? The insurance on the car, if something really happens to you, they may not pay because you're not married to this guy and you're not living with the guy. Get off of his insurance. advantage of insurance. Sell your car. shouldn't be. Squirrel that money away. Okay. That's number one, because you don't even need the car. And where are you getting the money anyway? You must have had a lot of money saved up because you're aggressively burning through a lot of money with all that therapy. How many 14 hours a week of therapy? What's that, $100 an hour? That's a lot of money. Maybe you have insurance. Maybe it's a government subsidized thing. I don't know. I don't know. know. Uh, Everybody feels the way you do to an extent. No matter who you are, you're kind of like, oh, where am I going next? I don't know. Nobody really knows. The good news is you're positive and you do have the world at your fingertips. And realizing that is actually a huge step because so many people don't. So many people, so I commend you for getting out of that relationship and fixing yourself because so many people don't realize you have the rest of your life. They're like, I guess I need to stay with him even though we only share a mug. You have a small safety net because you have a friend who's helping you, who obviously cares, right? You're staying at their house. Mm -hmm. And you have a mom who is willing to help you with school. So there's that, even though it's complicated. Maybe it's manipulative, maybe it's not. Maybe she'd be willing to give you some of that money to get your own place if you got a job. Like you have something there. But this is what life is for most people. No safety net. Let's talk about that safety net for one second because it seems like when you mention the word safety net... In the beginning, if you can imagine one of those high wire things with that big net at the bottom, 
the net you had before was made of elastic. So when you fell, it didn't really help you actually hit the ground underneath the net. Mm. That's actually what happened. Mm. And now you got nothing. How much worse could it get? You were hit That's by right. a semi-truck and you were with a pedophile. That was your safety net. Now you're saying, I'm, am I looking for a safety net? You got to be careful on what kind of safety nets you're willing to compromise yourself with to get. Think and about, try flying without one. What would you like to do with your life? What are the steps to get there? Does it require school? Is it volunteering? Is it a job you don't need? Do you already have some sort of degree? Like, what do you need? What do you want? What are the steps to get there? Get off that insurance. You can get Number another one. car anytime. You can always get shitty insurance, but you said big city. Shouldn't have said that. Sell that car. Right. And can you go to community college, like a cheap college at night and also work a part-time right. job? Like, If you need that specific degree or like right. a degree at all, please don't go like, I need this competitive creative dance degree. Like you don't, I mean, also so many things are done remotely. Like when I tell you Emily makes tens of hundreds of dollars every few years just from working from home, <laughs> the amount of $5 bills we've raked in from this podcast alone. <laughs> Yeah, go use those. You have codes. to make a list. You have to make a list. This is my. These are the things I want. And then, what's the most valuable mm -hmm. things on that list? Number one, number two, number three, number. What are my options? One, two, three, four. What can I do to financially help myself? Get you know, sell off my car his insurance. Sell your 100%. car. Go real far. Take it. Hello, AIA podcast crew. Eliza, I've already asked myself what you would do in this situation and think I have done it, but thought I'd send this one in anyway so you and Emily could come on the journey with me. I am not the asshole. Read in the voice of Maury, you are not the father. How does he say it? He just puts emphasis on not, right? I just, it's like, why is it always Jews? It's like him and Jerry Springer. What? Like you are. I feel like neither of them had a New York accent. <laughs> they don't have a New York accent. They don't. Accent. You are... Not, not the, the phone. It doesn't matter because the news, whether they're, they give it with exclamation or not, it's just someone screaming and jumping around a stage. Yeah. It's always a pause. You are not the asshole. <laughs> oh, they have the Congratulations. I am- Hated reference. I'm 32, female, back in college. Through our late 20s, I had a close-knit group of girlfriends. Oh, back in college and through our late 20s, I had a close-knit group okay. of girlfriends. I was like, good for you. <laughs> as we grew up, we sort of naturally split apart. No animosity, at least as I saw it, we were simply growing in different directions. Two of us went one way, three of us another. I hadn't really spoken to the one friend in a couple of years when the worst thing in my life happened. My dad unexpectedly passed away. My dad and I were very close. He was my best friend and also my business partner, so I was around him most days. All of a sudden, this friend is showing up at my house with cookies and wanting to help, a super nice gesture. I found that people really tend to come out of the woodwork when something like this happens. But then, at what was essentially my dad's funeral, my dad passed away in November of 2020, so still peak COVID, I wasn't comfortable having a huge service. The insane happened. When his obituary ran in the paper, I put in at the end that I would be in the bottom room of a local bar he and I enjoyed on a certain date time, and if anyone close to him wanted to and felt comfortable, they were welcome to come share a story and a beer in his honor. This friend showed up oh, nice. and got hammered. Not only that, but she was trying to get the bartender to take her home. And it gets worse. A few of my very close friends came back to my house with me so I wouldn't have to be alone, and she accompanied them despite not being invited. She proceeded to loudly go on and on about how she hadn't gotten laid in a year. I got so mad at one point, I finally looked at her and said, 
What the hell do you want me to do? I can't DoorDash a dick for you. To make matters worse, she also apparently tried to make out with my best friend's husband and then drug my best friend into my bathroom to tell her about it. Oof. I told someone to take her home and I never spoke to her again. Fast forward to present day, two and a half years later, she messaged my best friend and said she blamed me for the fact that they aren't friends anymore, saying I'm keeping my best friend from her and that you all stopped talking to me after her dad's funeral and I don't know why. When my well, she friend doesn't remember. <laughs> no. When my friend recounted yeah. the events from that night, this girl proceeded okay. to place blame on my best friend's husband, saying she didn't know where their miscommunication happened, but it was completely his fault. It wasn't. There were witnesses, and that contradicts what her drunk ass told my best friend in the bathroom. Told my friend, I'm sorry we're fighting over this, but I'm not getting involved as I don't want her and her go. bullshit back in my life. Am I go. the asshole? I think hell no. I don't know why you're writing in. I think to make I sure think you just want me to validate. You're fine. And I'm glad that you did the advice that I would have given you, which is kind of weirdly what we started the show with, which is like, I know you want me to have these feelings, but these are my feelings in, in an inverse. Because in this case, you're like, oh, I have bad feelings toward her. I know you wish I didn't. This is yet another woman who is holding another woman accountable for the way another woman is treating her. Mm-hmm. You don't want this behavior. If she atoned for it, I thought you were going to say she reached out to apologize. <laughs> you're like, should I let her back in? And that would be a different discussion. Nope. That is very scarring. You were super vulnerable. Doesn't matter how much she showed up for you before. That behavior is, it was kind of forgivable until you got back to the house. So I have a question. You said there were five of you. Two went one way and three went the other way. Which group were you in? Were I, you the one of the two and then the cookie girl was your quote-unquote buddy or were you part of the three and she was a third of the group? I'm and guessing by the way, two. nobody. Okay, okay well, so, well, because were, were they actually a lot closer? And is this girl that had this drinking, does she have a drinking issue? Is she an alcoholic? Maybe, but if she, were, if she was your close friend and she did this, that's worse and if she came back into your life and did it, then you definitely shouldn't have any bad feelings about it. But that's sort of unforgivable. If she wants to apologize, that's one thing. But what she's trying to do is have her cake and eat it too. She's trying to be like, how can I get back in and blame the husband and make it clear that it wasn't my fault and get my friend back? Your friend is free to be friends with her. You just don't need to hear about it. You cannot police that. I definitely have friends who have friends that are not cool to me. And I have, I understand that they're going to be friends anyway. Does it bother me? Yeah. Do I think less of them? Sure. But I'm not going to ever bring it up to them just here. <laughs> just in this public forum. Want to name names just in case you didn't mention them. One friend who was a friend who's just always been a bitch to me, probably because she's jealous. And I don't think my friend has ever defended me or been like, hey, why are you rude to Eliza? I'm like, I know why she's rude because she's jealous. End of story. There's no other reason. <laughs> Snore. Boring psychology. Anyway, uh, that's it. You're right. You're not the asshole. No. Is this like the Maury crowd? Is an asshole-free zone? Is that the thing? No buttholes. Mom, no buttholes. I'll I'll make a note. Say no buttholes. I don't like to say it. Say what? No buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Eliza. I have a new boyfriend and really like him. I might say I love him. Do you have any advice on how to make this relationship last? We've been together for almost four months. What? No, I don't know anything about you. I don't know your how old you are. I don't know. You can't make so. You, there's no advice on how to make something last, except don't press it. Just let there it you move go. Along. Okay, you're right. There's a lot of advice actually. Yes. You don't. You don't have to. You didn't take a date at a wedding hall. 
You're not in a rush to do anything unless you're 40. I don't know how old we this person know. is. That you didn't provide enough context. So Emily, that that's going to go in your year-end report, which I'm writing as we speak. Your year-end report? Your not- year-end report. Oh. Okay, that's better. I don't know. I thought you might just don't have some crazy. generic advice. Don't I rush mean, it. Person yeah, sounds don't very rush young. It. Take a shower. Always take a shower. With them, but you don't have to look. And keep the lights off. Shower with the lights dim is better. You don't know. You don't want to see. Install a dimmer on your light switch. First step. Surprise them with a dimmer. Men love mood lighting. You want to make it last. Make an attempt to go out with somebody else and see if he cares. <laughs> if he doesn't care, then you oh, don't have anything yeah. to begin with. And let with. him know. Be like, you want to know why I'm dressed up, Kirk? You want to fucking know? <laughs> Going out with your brother. Perfect. This person's sick. Right. Hello, Eliza and the fellow pod members. I'm- I know I'm supposed to give advice. I'm sorry. Like, you got to get real weird. You got to start bringing up marriage. You got to start limiting his spending, telling him what to eat. You got to get in there. Yeah. Well, that's definitely over. You got to change everything about him. You got to tell him you don't like Christopher Nolan's Batman and just see what happens. <laughs> see, watch his head implode. So you prefer okay. Batman and Robin? <laughs> Nobody prefers Batman. What? <laughs> the best what? Batman movie with the bat nipples. I Hello. like the Uma Thurman one. Yeah, that was that one. It was Uma Th- oh, okay. I think, yeah. She was Poison Ivy. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Freeze. What's the one with uh, Kim Basinger? That's, That's the, the one first one. I don't, I watched it recently. Just and like Batman. a bowl of popcorn just like appears for some reason in her like weirdly decorated apartment. We can talk about it later. <laughs> Good idea. I'm becoming you. Okay. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like 
like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, Eliza and fellow pod members. I've metaphorically lived under a rock for a while and found you about a year ago. I was trying to find something on Netflix to put me in a good mood before I did mushrooms. And I watched Unveiled. I've been hooked (laughs) since. You picked the one with like the most fire and blood (laughs) and aggression. You're like, can't wait to take off. (laughs) She's like, don't worry. I didn't watch till the end. This past weekend, my fiance and I went to visit my parents because my mom sadly has ALS and will pass away before we get married in May next year. We held a faux wedding ceremony so she could see us get married. The night before, I had us all watch Unveiled, and even my quite conservative dad and grandma were rolling. So I wanted to start my email with a big thank you for your comedy. It was so nice to have something to lighten a very emotional trip and to refer back to as we were doing wedding things to have a laugh. It was nice to share your stand-up with my mom and to have that moment. To my question. Again, my mom has ALS and was recently told she has about six months left if she takes a feeding mm. tube, which right now she doesn't want it to. We've known oh, for about a year and a half that she's had it, and most people pass away in two to five years. It's been very hard to watch her lose nearly every ability. At this point, oh, yeah. she can really only talk, breathe, and swallow certain foods on her own. It seems like these will be more than most people do in a day anyway. So (laughs) I'm just putting that out there. Seems like these will be impossible for her in the next month. This experience has understandably been very hard on my dad, who has primarily taken care of her since my brother and I live in different states. We've offered to help in ways that we can while being away, like ordering food and groceries, hiring cleaning help, calling insurance, the ALS Association, or anything. And every time my dad says no. The first flag came up this summer when my mom was crying on the phone about my dad kind of throwing my mom onto the bed because he was mad. It makes me sick to my stomach. My brother and sister-in-law were there this summer. My mom and dad got into an argument. My brother and sister-in-law both saw my dad throw my mom onto her bed and then walk out. This past weekend, I noticed a mark on my mom's leg and asked her about it. She said my dad got mad, kicked part of her wheelchair, and the footrest hit her in the shin. I asked her if she told anyone else, and she said no. But then she was crying and telling me she was worried about what will happen when she can't talk anymore. My mom also is now oh choking God, about- this, Emily, <laughs> this is horrible. You didn't well, like the last this short is one. You didn't like- I'm listening. Should I tell someone I love I just, them? This so is we're going, so- We're getting in there. finish. This is just so much to wrap your mind. Like I just keep thinking about- Well, there's two things happening with the dad- He's so angry. He, he's very angry that he has to deal with it. I know. But he's also angry that she's leaving him. Oh and my he, God, this is so sad. And well, we got that it's sad. I just so. I'm choosing to take this out on Emily. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is now choking about once a day when she eats, and we were there this weekend. My dad just sat there and we would get up to see if mom needed anything or if she was okay. He he's might be used her. to it, but it felt super fucked up to watch him not even acknowledge what was happening. Eliza. 
I don't know what to do. I am so afraid of confronting my dad and him retaliating against my mom. She would have no way of defending herself. My mom has nowhere to go and traveling to my brother and I isn't an option because she needs 24-hour intensive care or she will soon and can't travel in a plane. Car rides have to be limited. My mom's sister is going to visit and I want to give her a heads up, even if it's just to keep an eye on mom. My fiance thinks it would be better for my brother to address my dad if we go that route since my dad has been ignoring me since the summer. Feels like my dad has become a person I don't recognize and I don't think I can invite him to our wedding in May. I have so many mixed feelings and just want my mom to be safe and feel cared for. So two questions. What would you do in this situation, aiming to keep my mom's best interest in mind? And then would it be immature or not right if I chose not to have my dad at the wedding? Also, my fiance and I are going to see you in Philly for my birthday, and I'm so excited to see you live. Okay, so that happened, and I'm glad you had a great time because that show was incredible. Um, If your dad doesn't have a history of abuse and you're saying you don't recognize him, it's not okay to hurt your mom. Your dad is grieving in real time. He's angry. He's frustrated. And he's her caretaker. And your wife is being ripped away from you. I think it's a normal feeling to be angry at someone when they get sick as if they did it on purpose. Um, so it's not that I feel bad for him, but you know, it's, it seems out of frustration, not that it's okay, versus like he is an abusive person. And yep. in the moment, he probably doesn't mean to do it. And it happens. And he didn't mean to kick the thing and have it hit her, but it did. You know, and he, he'll he say, I didn't throw you on the bed. And we're like, well, you did, you know. She could never say. The thing is, she needs the feeding tube. And she needs it sooner than later. Because without eating, she will die. Maybe she wants that. Now, she may want to die, but she won't be able to speak either way because she will lose the ability to move her tongue. Okay. So okay, swallowing. Okay. I'm just hey. telling you. My across the street. She knows she's going to her. I know. Okay, but she knows she's going to stop speaking, and that's. But that, she's not. She's turning down the feeding tube. Okay. That means the dad has to feed her. Right. Well, and so I guess I thought of a feeding tube as like going in your mouth, but I guess it doesn't. It goes like in your arm or something. Like I think it goes your down your throat. It goes down your throat. Pretty well, sure. Why would you want that if you're gonna? Because you can't swallow. Then you can't move if it's down your throat. Do you have it in the whole day? I don't oh, know. yeah. You can't take it in and, and that's out. Your life's over. Well, her mean, life is over. It's just a question of time. I think if you want to visit and keep an eye, that's going to be excruciating for you, but it's kind of the only way to kind of provide some space there and maybe the whoever the other relative is going to come. Her Def- and her brother and the mother's sister. The sister, right. So I'm just saying if you want to be that. there to make sure that like maybe dad stays cool. I don't think making a decision about not inviting your dad right now matters. No. This is a year from now that. and exactly. you have to just, that's silly. Don't use that as something against him. You're going to want your dad there. Unless he is an abusive person, but that's a different I thing. So. I don't think he is. You know what? I think that your brother, as was suggested by your fiance, may be the person to speak with your dad, but your brother might be the person to first speak with an expert on ALS or a therapist so he can approach your dad in the way to say, you're probably, you're either angry that mom got this or you're angry that you have to take care of her. But either way, your anger is not, it's not a good thing at this time. And you won't remember that as being a good thing in the last few weeks or months that you have. Don't take mom. the wedding thing off the table. You don't yeah, have to take just, that. Off the don't table. even think about that right now. What what you can do, should do, if it's within your budget, is look into 
facilities or nurses or something. You know, you've offered to pay for groceries. You've offered to help out. The Mm -hmm. greatest help you can have is you researching a program, assist government assistance, taking out a loan, doing something to get her into care with nurses so that your dad doesn't resent her in this way. So your dad can focus on loving her and grieving and And being there in a positive way, not being her nurse, because that's a lot. It's a but lot. But you're also looking at ten to $15,000 a month. Maybe it's may a, or maybe there's something. That. You may not have that, but that's the advice. And buying groceries for someone that really needs to be on a food tube, she can't swallow it anyway. Could so be just getting them for the dad, you know, but, but he's, he's not in his an own invalid. He can, right, no, but he might want to be there and it's just one less errand. Yeah, true. Okay, next question. I'm so sorry. That's horrible. So at the end of the day, the brother has to have the conversation with the dad mm-hmm. and it has to be about his anger, either pre or post grief anger. That that's, that's what's happening. And so maybe he can wake up to understand that you're all watching him and know what he's doing. Right. And, and divide up the care between the three of you. That's all. He won't admit to it. He won't yes, realize it. If you're like, it's not that long. I know I'm saying if you're being rough, I'll be like, no, I'm not. I was frustrated. Look, I kicked the thing. I didn't mean to hit her. Like in the moment, it's hard to control those things. Yeah. True. Okay, next question. Dear Eliza, Emily, and crew, I have a pregnancy question as a millennial. I am 36 and have been trying for my first baby for almost six months. I get lots of rude comments from people such as, oh, it will be a geriatric pregnancy. You better get on that. I hate it as it makes me feel like a swamp witch instead of a person. My grandmother has started bringing it up more now that I'm newly married. Like it's a switch I can just turn on. It's not easy. It makes me feel awful that people just expect it to happen. You don't get to decide when you fall pregnant. It's so hurtful when people ask. I am starting to feel like I am doing something wrong. I find it hard to call out people when they say these things as it's normally a polite conversation. I feel like I will make the situation awkward asking them not to say that. Did you ever get these comments while trying to conceive and how do you politely navigate them? I saw you in February 2020 (laughs) before the lockdown in Brisbane. I give you a box of goodies with Vegemite and a toy for baby Chino. Went to your show by myself. It was amazing. And I'm so glad I got to hug you before COVID hit. Congratulations on your new baby boy. Thank you. Well, we definitely do not still have that Vegemite. Definitely do still have whatever that toy was. (laughs) This always comes back to the thing that we talk about on the podcast the most, which is what's more important, their comfort or yours. You don't have to be rude about it. The grandma, that's tough because she just wants you to have a kid. Before she dies. Before she dies. You simply can't. I mean, the geriatric thing, first of all, a doctor told me is actually not a medical term. It's just another way to make women feel awful. It's ridiculous that none of the other geriatric terms apply to being 36. Whatever. You have to decide in your heart how you feel about this. You're going to feel like a swamp witch trying to get pregnant at any time because it's not sexy. There's nothing hot about like having timed sex or if you have to go to a fertility doctor or do a shot or... Whatever it is you have to, nothing's sexy about this. Nothing's natural about it. We relied to our whole lives, okay? You have to decide how you feel about it. And you have to just go about your business. That way, when someone says something shitty, it rolls off your back. And if you really want to say something, you can be like, do you really think I'm not doing everything that I can? And let them answer that. They'll be like, no, I'm just joking. And be like, okay, it doesn't help. And let them deal with that. Right. Let them know that that's not okay. This is not their space to like make weird jokes. You know, when it comes to the grandmother, you can turn to the grandmother and say, look, grandma, what do you think we're doing? What do you think we're fucking doing, Nana? Um, Do you think we're trying not to have a baby? And do you think it makes me feel better that you keep nagging me about it? 
I know you don't mean to do that, but all you're doing by asking me is saying, reminding me that I'm not pregnant yet. And that's not helping me. And she'll be like, oh, I was just saying. You'll be like, yeah. I know don't, you love don't me. Just and say. if you do, then just don't. Because right. we're all trying. And as far as her friends are concerned, there's a couple of ways to handle that. I say, you know, I know it's just a typical thing to say, but what you're doing is you're inserting yourself into our personal life. I mean, that's a little... Yeah. I. I it's tough to say that because you don't, and then your friends will be like, geez, a real friend will be like, I'm so sorry. You're That's right. right. That's it. You're, you're in my we bedroom as with women me. women need to start to understanding that like real friends and people who really love you will take into consideration what you're saying, not immediately be like, well, how does that make me feel about the way I made you feel? Well, there's that. So what's the, what's the easiest, most non-judgmental? Don't you think I'm doing everything that I can? Do you really, th- do you really think I'm not doing everything that I can? Simple answer is just like, I'm trying. You know, just all, doing all we can, thanks. Doing all we can. Happy to send you tapes for proof. But you got to pay us. Huh? Well, how about doing all we can and ex- we're accepting champagne and, and, and chocolates at any time you want to yeah, drop Yeah, you want to send those oysters? Send them over. Send Next, them over. Airmail, please. Otherwise, I'll get sick in my tum-tum. That's kind of fun. Send, send some champagne oysters. And- no, you know what you say? They're like, oh, when are you going to everybody be like, do you have any tips? I think we're doing it wrong. It goes in the mouth, right? What do you think we should be doing? What do you think we should be doing? That's kind of good. How would you do it? Grandma, how would you make love I think to grandma, my husband? Leave grandma out of it because she... No, she's old. She's vulnerable. You got to go hard. I know you... Right. I remember my aunt used to do this, my cousin. And she, she, would, she would say to Leslie, Leslie, I want to dance at your wedding, not come on crutches. And Leslie would say, I'm doing all I can, you know. Stop doing that. You're not helping me out here. Yeah. No, no one in the world has been like, I'm really glad you said something. I was really pussyfooting around. Or, or you know what? I was waiting for you sperm. to be dead so I could name the child after you. Because this is after all about you. <laughs> right. It is after all about you. And you dancing to the electric slide. <laughs> the electric slide. <laughs> I like oh, it's wow. all about you. I was waiting for you to die so I could name the baby after you. <laughs> Only Jews do that, though. I don't think our listeners know that. That that's a Jewish thing. No, that, not necessarily. You could name somebody for someone that died. You just but only Jews don't do it after the living. Is what that's I mean. only Ashkenazic, Sephardic Jews. Really? Yeah, no, absolutely. Dads will name their kid their same name as long as you're I Sephardic Jewish. Yeah, live oh, and learn. That's a real raw deal. It is. It's true. That's though. a weird Dave, limitation. Dave Junior. Dave, so I was Dave dying Dave. to name my son Fred. There goes your excuse, <laughs> yeah, for not naming Sierra Emily. There, there it is. <laughs> now I know the truth. I know yeah. how I feel. How- anyway. Also, my sister is named that, but that's the reason. Because <laughs> of you. Hello, Eliza and Emily. I'm a fairly new listener, but it's Which about Emily? damn time I started listening. WTF okay, yeah. have I been doing? I saw you in Phoenix no. and it was fantastic. I'm working in the middle of nowhere in the Southwest, so your pod is a blessing on my long drives. I'm writing in about one of my dearest friends whom I have not been in contact for almost a year now. We had a falling out because I told him I disagreed with how he is living his life. Five years ago, he moved to New York City to have more community. We've known each other since we were like 10. He's a beautiful gay man and his spirit is amazing. 
Over the last- By the way, we knew he was gay when you said he's moving to New York City for community. Right. Yeah. I didn't think he was Puerto Rican. Yeah. I didn't think he was a Hasidic Jew. <laughs> Over the last five no, years- No, I knew he was gay. His life has been absolute and utter chaos. He hooked up immediately yeah. with this abusive, manipulative slug of a human being. He began lying about being with this dude and never had any money. He began to lie about the dumbest and smallest things. He borrowed money from all his friends and family and would then disappear for days at a time. His friends and family would beg him to come home to figure his shit out. He would refuse and say, I'm going to. He ended up having a life-altering medical event that left him hospitalized and now with a physical disability. I thought he Oof. was dead when I first heard he was in the hospital. I called his parents and told them what was happening. He clearly had a problem. An intervention. They did not know. I, I, they yeah. must have known if he was borrowing money from them. Right. An intervention needed to be had, but nothing was ever done. I voiced my opinion about shit, but everyone wanted to tiptoe around the real problem. I began attending Al-Anon meetings because it was suggested to me by my therapist since I had so much resentment building. It was like watching someone slowly slip away into darkness. It was revealed to me and his siblings when he was hospitalized that my friend was abused as a child by a close family member. No one has said anything to his family, and my friends refused to tell his parents. I would spit in his abuser's face if I ever saw him. His siblings won't say anything, and the last conversation I had with my friend was me telling him that this deep, dark secret is killing him and is like a festering wound. I told him I can't continue to be in his life if he doesn't get help. He told me he goes to therapy once a week, and he will handle it however he sees fit. I've lost Mm -hmm. one of my closest friends growing up to addiction. She was like a sister to me. I go back and forth on whether I should reach out from time to time, but I'm exhausted and feel like I've been on a roller coaster. I've considered reporting his abuser to the FBI. I miss my friend, but can't go back to how shit was, and I fear he will never change. I can see he's in pain, and I can't handle trying to get him help and telling everyone else he needs help, and it just falling on deaf ears. Tell me your wisdom, wise elder, sincerely. Millennial woman in the middle of nowhere. You've done all you can do. And you're getting this like surus over it. This isn't your husband. This isn't it. I appreciate that it's your good friend. I also appreciate that this is going to sound mean. Like you said, you work in the middle of nowhere. Like you have a lot of time on your hands. So this is able to consume a lot. It does not sound like you have kids or a partner. And I'm not saying that as a knock as much as like you have the bandwidth for this, but just because you have it doesn't mean you need to expend it. You also said something about reporting to the FBI. First of all, why does the FBI care? Well, the statute of limitation. um, Maybe, but but on top of that, you don't know who the abuser is. You just know it's a close family member. Or even if you do. And everybody's all hush up. Who who is the person that actually knows it's a close family member? Her friend who was abused. Whether we know this person or not, it's not your place to do that. It's not your, unfortunately, it's not your place to do that. You're not in that family. You don't fully know the dynamic. It's easy to come in and just do that. And he, this is a dark pit he has to crawl out of and it's unfair and it's awful. And these things clearly manifest themselves in really fucked up ways. All you can do is say, I am here for you if you want to get help. Uh, you're there for him in a way that no one else ever has been. He's already getting help, even though it's he's not, not the right telling kind of help. It. The therapist yeah. may not know. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's not well, a good therapist. What's to be gained if- you come in like a bull in a china shop and say to him, I know so-and-so abused you. He confided you, you in her. Know. He confided. The best friend told her, our question asker, 
that's how she about that he was abused by a family member. You so I think for the question, she's just girl, not saying because it doesn't okay. matter. There's nothing you can do. Right. I mean, what's to be gained if she calls the therapist and said, this is what I know. The therapist like legally probably can't listen to that. Probably can't yeah, acknowledge listen, that she can't divulge anything, but he could listen. I, what's to be gained by going to the parents and saying it? What's to be gained by going like it's sadly, it's not your place. It'd be different if this were your husband or this were your child or something like that, but you're not family and he's got to crawl out of this and you've done everything that you can above and beyond and it hurts. And I think this is a, this is what people who have addicts in their life have go through. So this person can do nothing or can this person type a letter and send it to the family of wh what the situation is and say, at least now I've done all I can. You could, you could be like, there is a, I mean, Maybe I guess you could. Because so that you don't have to say that you knew it. You're just saying, these are the facts that I know. You could. And send it to every family member. You have nothing member. to lose. It's, you're going to lose him either way. You may as well try to save it. And they're the only people that have the power to fix anything because you already know it and you can't fix it. So at least if the family knows, and this is the therapist's phone number, if you want to do something, and this is where your son is, if you want to do something, this is all I can do. You could, you if you really cared and you really, I guess the other version is you do that because either way, it's going to be awful. May as well give it like a glimmer of hope. And not, and is he dying? Yeah, Does he have AIDS. AIDS? We didn't say. No, she said debilitating. debilitating. So it sounded, yeah, that, but there that, was an accident, debilitating. He was yeah. in the hospital. I wonder if he, weird drugs or fentanyl, like something, something. that messed him up a little bit or drunk could driving or. You could. I guess consider the outcomes if you write the letter or if you don't. Because you can't force him to do anything, but in the perfect world, enough people in his life care about him that they would confront that person or do something or show up for him. And then you have to just walk away. Right, because the person that is the abuser that did, is not going to do anything. Let's hope it's not like the dad. Right, but you have to, well, whatever it is, you just have to, to yeah. tell it to everyone. You have to decide that in and your let heart them what handle you're comfortable it. with. Yeah. I think it's also making clear that you're there for him whenever he decides to get back on the grid and stop. You're there for up. him when he decides to pull himself back up, but I can't go down there with you. Yeah. Say those words. Right. They're very poetic. Yeah. This is a heavy one, Emily. Real heavy at the end of the year. Closing out the year is all the heavy ones. You saved it for now. No, it's what else have you got? <laughs> no, we went through all our bridesmaids ones and now it's just people in pits of despair. It's okay. Although this is a wedding one. Hello, Eliza, Great. Emily, and crew. I need advice on how to deal with a situation that is causing me an unnecessary amount of stress. I, 38-year-old female, recently attended my stepdaughter's wedding. Her bio mom goes out of her way to passive-aggressively bully me. I usually brush it off and ignore her to keep the peace. The week prior to the wedding, my stepdaughter called my husband at least three times crying hysterically because of drama her mom was causing, like throwing a fit because my husband was walking her down the aisle and not her, and because she was asked not to have her phone out during the ceremony, and because my stepdaughter wanted me to walk down the aisle too, among other things. Basically, she wanted everything her way and was giving my stepdaughter shit if she didn't get it. This woman even went as far as to call and leave a screaming message on my husband's voicemail. My husband and I have been married for 10 years and I have two kids of our own, so it's not like I'm a new fixture in the situation. I've been in my stepdaughter's life since she was 10 years old. Oh, so she's only 20. Yeah, anyway, yeah. fast forward to the wedding. Bio mom, let's call her Tracy, misses the rehearsal. So when it's time for the ceremony, I casually state that since she's walking down the aisle first, she should sit at the end seat so that the rest of us could file in sequentially. You know, common sense. 
she proceeds to scream at me, telling me she will not be sitting at the end and I will not be telling her where to sit. I was shocked. I didn't mean it to be disrespectful. It just made sense. You to could do have it said that anything. Way. You could have been like, yeah. you should keep breathing. She'd be like, I will not <laughs> be told how to live. There was a brief exchange I barely remember because I was so shocked and pissed, and I assumed that would be the end of it. At the reception, I heard her talking shit to one of the groom's family members. I decided I wasn't going to be walked on anymore, so I went up to her and I said, you know what, Tracy? This is your daughter's wedding. Do you think you could act like an adult and save the drama for another day? She freaked out again. Yeah. (laughs) And said she she would make a scene if I really wanted her to. So I replied by saying, I think you've done a good enough job at that over the past week. Once the wedding was over, <laughs> I, I thought we'd left the drama there. Apparently, I was wrong. I called my mother-in-law to make sure she could still watch my kids while I went in for an EEG because I've had some scary health issues lately. She didn't answer or return my calls. She wouldn't answer my husband's calls either. My mother-in-law and Tracy are still pretty close, probably because they're both immature children that feed off drama. My mother-in-law wasn't even at the wedding, nor had we done anything to her to warrant that kind of treatment. Because I had no one else to watch my kids on such short notice, I had to reschedule Mom, for over. She called the mother-in-law, which is the the mother of her husband's of her husband to watch the kids. She called her yeah. husband's she, the the bride. No, no, the woman writing in the thirty-eight-year-old is the bride. No, is the stepmom. So oh, she right, called right, her right. husband's mom to say watch the kids, but the husband's mom is still close with the ex-wife, right, Tracy, right, who's a B, right. That's where we are, and she has to watch. The, okay, but you also didn't say after. You said she, did she make a scene at the wedding? That was kind of, not they moved on. She's like, apparently not. She's like, I called my mother-in-law to say, watch the kids. Mother-in-law isn't talking to me because her and Tracy are close. Right. Okay. Meanwhile, I have no idea what I did or didn't do or what kind of crazy lies are being told about me to get back at me for standing up to Tracy for once. My husband says he's done with his mom because this kind of behavior is not uncommon. Am I crazy for letting this bother me so much? I really want to know WTF is going on. How would you approach no. this situation? Thank you for your infinite wisdom. Sincerely, Deborah. You know what's going on, Deb. You know what's going on. You yep. spooked this woman who's an idiot and a child. It upset her. Her mom is going to be on her side and they're just going to be the, the weirdo sisters together. I don't understand why everything was right. And you're like, I don't understand what happened. You do understand. You stood up for yourself and this woman couldn't handle it. To be fair to her, she's probably stressed. It's the wedding day. She's feeling disrespected. She is 100% not married, I promise you. Because somebody who is married, like she, because this woman is all by herself, she's feeling outnumbered. She doesn't like you. She doesn't like that you have her ex-husband and you have kids. Sure. You well, probably- remember, she was married to him for 10 years and you were married to him for 10 years. So from her perspective, 50-50. So that's why she wanted to walk her daughter down the aisle. Yeah, and she's You're not, not getting with to. the daughter any more than she, she does. Yeah, this has less to do with you and you coming in and being calm and saying that stuff to her. She'll probably never forgive you. Irksome. Very irksome. <laughs> but you know what you did. And to say you did anything wrong, but you know what you did. And the fact that you you asked her mother to watch your kids while, yes, they well, are the half grandmother. Her, right, they're half hers. His mother. But they're still... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but the but grandmother. still, right, right. But it's still... Um, she probably was like, mom, I don't want you watching their kids. Like you're taking her side over mine. And you know what? That's okay. When grandma wants to have a relationship with the kids, she can come back around, but you just kind of need to let your husband also defend the husband and deal has with to it. step in. That's it. It's not you. You, after all of these years and look, you weren't trying to be a peacemaker. You were trying to be like, by the way, you're not going to do this to me. And this is what you got. And you mess with the bull and you got the horns, shitty horns, but you know what happened? I'm so, interested that the bride 
is, has not stepped in and say, you know what, and made a decision like who should walk her down the aisle. Because she it did. Is, she decided that it was going to be the the. That's dad. hurtful to the mother. That is hurtful. Is but a lot of people, I did that, but a lot of people don't see it that way. Maybe it wasn't. Or maybe it was, a, you don't know how they grew up and you don't know the relationship. It True. is a message you send, but it is not a modern, like it's a, it's a very modern thing to be like, how about both parents versus just the dad? A lot of people opt for just the dad. It's mm-hmm. more traditional. All you can decide is your behavior from here on out. That's it. Limiting the amount, and you don't have to have an interaction with this woman because the child that you maybe had in common being your stepdaughter is married. She's grown up. You never have to have holidays with her or anything. You have your own family. You know what happened. You know how she is and you have to decide to move on and your husband can deal with it. That's it. You're just there to support Bottom him. Bottom line is the husband. Yeah. He has to step in. Don't and so far, it doesn't sound like he has stepped in at all. This is a cat fight. You stood up with yourself for yourself and that's okay. But you didn't stand up for yourself, but you got a couple jabs in there, which by the way, I am not above it. I probably would have done worse or just been like, ew, you're acting like a freak. Um, so you said what you said. She knows you were right. It hurt. There was a ton of tumult that day. I you think it's interesting on. that his mother is still friends with his wife. I get that he liked, yeah, she yeah. liked her, but hanging on for 10 years after it's over when mm-hmm. they're in different life spaces, who's really the hanger on her? Is it the, his mother or is it the wife that's calling his mother all the time and trying to stay in the picture more? Yeah, something's going on. Something's um, going on with that. Just focus on being there. That's it. Maybe the mother-in-law and that and the ex-wife are two peas in a pod. Let them rot in that pod. Yeah, I'm still saying there's a reason why that ex-wife yeah, she probably is talks still trash on. and there's someone to commiserate hanging with on. and they got along and you're the new woman and you'll never be the same. But whatever, you've got your own things to deal with. These are crazy people. You don't want to be friends with her anyway. That Do ex-wife you, has had 10 years to move on. 10, 10 years, years to simmer. You want her calling you to be like, hey, I just want to apologize. I hope we can be friends. You'd be like, no way, we psycho. can be friends. Yeah. You know what you did and you know what you need to do. We're right here kick for it. you. <laughs> top of the Who's cup. To order every meal kit we tell you to order. Top, top of the cup. It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cup. My bottom of the cup was when booking flights for this Europe trip. We're doing like, you know, all these cities in Europe. I thought traveling in the EU was easy. And I think what they mean by easy is that like you don't need your passport or like it's all just one big country, even though it's many countries and whatever. It's an hour flight, Europe's so small. But it is difficult because there aren't that many flights. And as an American, I'm used to tons of options all the time. But every single flight is like flying LA to Pittsburgh. Like there's one flight and it's at like 250. There are certain countries you'd think would be going back and forth a lot like like hungry to the Czech Republic. It's like, no, we have one flight. It's at three. Good luck. That's and they're still recovering from the Iron Curtain. I'm just saying, but this is all over. This is Vienna to Copenhagen. Like there's just tons of, please don't t- text me about that one in particular. You look at Europe and you're like, great, I'll take trains everywhere. It's like, yeah, maybe in like parts of Western Europe, but in general, like you got one flight, it's Ryanair. You're getting into Oslo at four in the afternoon. Good luck. That's so, your top of the cob. My bottom bomb. of the cob was that I thought, I, every time I go to Europe, I'm like, this will be a, a continental breeze. And it ain't. Mm-mm. My bottom of the cob? Steamed spinach. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's just wilted fiber. You don't try to dress it up with garlic. Don't, don't. It's just dead fiber. I don't like it. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like it in my mouth. I don't like anything about it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> 
Always the bottom. Next to asparagus. Emily, go ahead. Okay, my bottom is cat-related, but specifically that Rizzoli will jump. If I bend over to pick up a box or something, he'll jump on my back, which was cute until now he started doing it when I get out of the shower. So when a cat jumps on your skin with their claws and then digs in to stay. Your wet, vulnerable skin. My wet, my back is bleeding all the time. Are you bent over or are you standing up? I'm bent over. That's even sadder. I know. It's so sad. That's like how cat ladies die, right? He's going to like jump. I'm going to hit my head on the tub. He's going to like. Yes. Here's an idea. You're going to die naked and wet. Why don't you close the door when you take the shower? Then he just stands outside and screams. So I just need to. He's in an abusive relationship. (laughs) Abusive relationship. Uh, My. Now the dog is locked out. Oh, no, the dog is outside. I'm looking at the dog. Oh, then someone else is scratching at the door. Okay. Uh, what's your top of the cob? My top of the cob. Now let's get Emily's out of the way. Spinach is because Emily's out of the way. It's going to bother me. It's going to be tepid at best. It's going to be like that crinkle of unwrapping a Twix, but the left one. What is it? My top of the cob is uh, that doorbell cameras are now so prevalent, and I can somebody rings the doorbell and I can pull it up and go, guys in suits, those are those Jehovah's Witnesses back to get me, and I'm not falling for it this time. I love not never answering the door, looking at the person, and then going, nope, not worth it. I feel that way about caller ID. <laughs> I feel that way about having eyeballs. Go ahead. Oh, my top of the cob. My top of the cob, it, it relates to the spinach because of the holidays. My top of the cob is all the grazing, delicious foods that you can have one of this, one of that, mm. one of the other thing. You're sitting there yeah. having a glass of wine. Mm. And you say, mm, I think I'm going to have some sesame encrusted cashews. Oh, I'm going to have some roasted olives from Sardinia. You know, all kinds of interesting little taste delights that you don't really have to fill up on. They were grilled they, in from Trader Joe's. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. But they were delicious. They were delicious. <laughs> they came via Trader Joe's. They were tasty. But all those little, there was a delicious uh, mushroom brie with uh, brie with mushrooms in it, another ricotta cheese, something that had- Nobody liked it. The lemon one? They didn't like it? Nobody ate it. That's because they wanted to save it for it dessert. Too sweet. It was basically a piece it was of a, cheesecake. It was a piece of cheesecake. But the point is, everything else was scrumptious. Really scrumptious, delicious, different things. Hummus and, you know, and we had these Philippine things called lampas, so wait, which are like very say, skinny say Filipino. egg rolls. Just say, it again. Just say, just say Filip- what is the problem? Filipino. Versus what? Philippine. From the Philippines. Just say, just say no, it. No, no. The, the dish is not Filipino. It's from the Philippines. The person might be Filipino. And that's the end of that. It's all tasting different, delicious things. Rolled grape leaves. We had grape leaves? No, you missed that one. <laughs> where were they? Where's my house? You? I ate them. And then they dried apricots. They not rolled apricots. grape leaves in Shuligong? That's not the point. Oh, okay. Because you were listing everything else Aunt Debbie brought. I'm, I'm giving more examples of oh, delicious things. You're pulling things in other parties you remember from other times. All, all the ideas Birthday of cake. Women, <laughs> women grazing. They love to graze and just eat. Little, little this, little of that. Oh, Aunt Debbie told you it's called girl dinner. She That's right. It's called this. girl dinner. Yeah. My daughter held onto a pretzel stick. She took around the living room. That's because she didn't like it. <laughs> I ate it though. You ate everything. You did. What? 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 So? You're so against me eating. You're so <laughs> anti anyone eating at any That's time. That's not true. That's not true. It is true. When, let's not get into let's it. Let's get into it. <laughs> you come in eating a Sour Patch Kids or you come in eating- It was a eating, gift. 
<laughs> okay, so it was a gift. You have to eat it. You gotta eat. <laughs> you got. You gotta eat. How's this? Maybe I eat too much, oh, but you eat too little. I don't eat too little. Okay. <laughs> you uh, you have a problem. What mom? was that thing you just ate? That that white thing. That I had an airhead. Yeah, <laughs> she ate something after sweet after the cornbread. She which- makes fun of you for the crap you eat. <laughs> this one doesn't head. stop. <laughs> it was just—I'd oh, saved it. Me. She had an to airhead. my credit. It had been sitting in the kitchen for two months, and I'd saved it special for, for what? Today. That's for today. I mean, okay, for one hour. For today, her husband made this beautiful salad with, with, with which the I ate, arugula ate the whole thing. and chicken and everything. She ate the entire thing and then had an airhead. Anything else? It was a baby airhead. It was a baby. It was a baby <laughs> airhead. Air. And I did it. I want to say something. I did a really good workout yesterday and I posted, sorry folks, spoiler alert. We filmed this before Thanksgiving. Uh, I posted like, get it in so you can eat more dinner. And someone was like, you don't need to earn your food. And I'm like, I'm not earning my food. I'm earning my extra food. And <laughs> yes, you do. This like postmodern American pop culture concept, like you can just eat whatever and it's always good. Calories in, calories out. That's right. And I, it's good to work out. You poop afterward. You feel good. It's true. It and does. then you can eat more. No, but that's not true. But the way women blindly get offended at like, you don't need to earn it. It's, it's not about like- No one's discussing earning. Awarded and earning it. I'm doing this so that I can get revved up so that I can shovel eat food more. in. <laughs> you can eat don't more. Don't police my fucking diet. Mom. What's your top? <laughs> Just yelling at my mom now. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving was yesterday and we're going out of the country tomorrow, but I started getting rid of all my pumpkins and our cleaning man said he would take all of them, which I thought was cool. Uh, usually we would compost them, but we're leaving and he's got like all these plans for them. So I felt really good that we could yeah, do something with sweet them. Things. They could yeah, he said he's going to make a them, candy out of it or something. I was like, great, take it away. So once I got rid of the pumpkins, I was like, well, is it the biggest deal if I bring out my candy cane Christmas garland that I put over here? So I started like doing little, because I won't be here for all of December. I start, I mean, we have people staying here, but I started doing little touches and I was like, that's right. Getting to do the transitional decor where you go from fall into Christmas and you start to get into it. Right. Because even though I love fall decor, you start to feel like, you know what? I am tired of looking at this muted palette bring on Christmas. And then you live in the Christmas for so long that by the time like January 10th comes around, you're like, you know what? I am done being cozy. I'm ready for summer. So I like that it naturally kind of runs its course. Well, that's interesting. And thanks to FDR, because Franklin Roosevelt decided that Thanksgiving should be on the third Thursday rather than the fourth Thursday of the month because he said we needed a little more time between one holiday and the next. Which so we don't we have had, anymore. Now no, it's like no, we the have last four. bite of turkey, it's Christmas. No. Halloween's over, it's Christmas. Stop it. We used to be the third Thursday. It's now the third Thursday versus the fourth. If it were the fourth Thursday, then you have even less time for Christmas. And I'm saying they stretched it so that the second Thanksgiving's over. There's no break. It's just now it's Christmas. You have more Christmas now. That's like what retailers do. It's what everyone... No, it gave you an extra week in between the holidays before you only had three and weeks. I'm saying there's no more betwixt. I'm saying now it's even longer Christmas because Christmas starts on Black Friday for m- most of us who celebrate. Yes, but Black Friday would have been the 30th of November yeah. instead of the 23rd of November. So it's an extra week you have of a breather before the next holiday. And I'm saying there's no breather anymore. Oh, jeez. saying that week has now been 
subsumed by Christmas. Christmas is longer now. That's the point. It's further away, four weeks away instead of three weeks away. No break. You're killing me. (laughs) I think we're arguing the same thing. You're Uh, saying four weeks is just another week to shop. Just another week to be Christmassy. Okay. As opposed to three weeks. Mm -hmm. Now you have four. Now you have four. Or Hanukkah Eve. We all have four. Um, that much more time to have Christmas candy. You have a thing. I, I, you I mentioned it. You put out Christmas My mom was stuff. like, I got a pitch. How about instead of an all-you-can-eat restaurant, it's an all-you-should-eat. And we look at you <laughs> and we decide what, how much you should be eating. That sounds great. I'm sure people would love to it attend. sounds reasonable. It's <laughs> a great idea. You walk in, all like, you mm. should. Your frame's too big. Here's what you should eat. <laughs> they have four rows for the win- women that weigh 98 pounds, for the women that weigh 118 pounds, and it goes all the way up like that. For, and that's they're segregated by weight. <laughs> um, I I really think I think I need to consume more calories than the average bear, pregnant or not, because they go to my brain. How many calories do you think you use up in one hour of reformer? Not many. Exactly. It's not about that. It's a, it's not about that. Well, you mentioned calories. I'm saying, I don't know, it was a pretty hard workout. I was sweating. Okay, 200 calories. I don't know. A I don't really think about it. you. Think about caloric intake. I don't think about it as much. Well, okay. Because I don't overeat, but I do enjoy my sugar, and I do think I have a special sugar metabolizing power. Although for a quick second the other day, she's saying I don't. For a quick second the other day, when I opened up my gestational diabetes results, and I like couldn't quite read it, I was like, oh no, oh no, I have them. I don't. They don't. Oh, no. Which I knew it. And I, my doctor was like, all your test results look normal. And I almost wrote back, that's right. I knew it. Bill someone else. <laughs> We're not saying that she has gestation diabetes or that she's obese. I'm just saying you can eat less. That's all. You can always eat less. But you could always eat more. There you go. <laughs> Two sides to every coin. You guys, uh, this is what? Episode like 200. Some fan DM me. They were like, when will you have a podcast? I'm like, when will you click this link? Yeah, it breaks my heart. It's like 270 Um, something. I'm sorry that I like faithfully do this and consistently deliver good product and it's like not my life. Sorry, I'm good at other things too. You guys, we love that you write in. We love seeing you at shows. And I love that we're closing out another year. I love that I'm going to revisit my licensing deal. (laughs) Uh, We have a lot of fun promotion coming up. We got a lot of fun things planned for next year. Uh, and and I'm really grateful to have this podcast. It's a really fun outlet. I love. I mean, some of the stuff you write in with is really heavy, but I like I like that we're there for each other, and I like what we built here. So I'm going to say something about that. You know, even though we're, Thanksgiving is no over, the, the recorder's over. Well, but it's over. We can't. We're not taping this. There's You're no just more. talking into nothing. Maybe she can put this in after, and that we should have no, gratitude. We don't have the technology. All that thankfulness that you have. Okay, go ahead. Well, I think that even though Thanksgiving is over, sometimes we didn't get a chance to say what we were thankful for. But you have from now to another week or two to kind of reflect back Thanks and to say, "FDR, you have that's right. We have, that's right. We're thankful." And so, because of that, didn't he was the first Italian president. Who was the first? FDR. He's not Italian. What's Franklin wrong with you? Delano? No, not Delano. The, no, it's Delano. <laughs> and it's Dutch. Maybe. It's a joke. But it wasn't a good She's one. She's like, don't joke about the greatest president. I didn't say he was New the greatest. Deal and a chicken in every pot. I wasn't don't make saying crap. that he was the greatest. And 
history. Well, that's not the point of I'm the sorry. story. I'm sorry. The point is to be grateful and to take a moment and say, gee, like you were just saying about the podcast, I feel really, you have gratitude for being able to do this. I do. And I think that's great. And sometimes we, we're so bifurcated and if there's something more than bifurcated in this country, everybody's complaining. Everybody wants something for themselves. Everybody's, what about me? What about me? What about me? Well, my feelings are hurt and my feelings are hurt. Oh, get the fuck over it. You know, just move on. Move on. You have a food in your mouth. Do you have a roof over your head? And if you're not, get one. Too much food. Too much food. <laughs> my mom's like, the point is be grateful and you could eat less. You could eat less. Do you know the thing we waste most in this country is food? The amount of food that gets thrown out in pounds is we, we know, enormous. yeah, we know. So food be grateful and quit saying I didn't get enough. I'm, we just saw this whole thing on Kennedy because of his assassination anniversary was, I guess, last week. Why would we celebrate that? It was a commemoration I'm of kidding. his life. You know, you and get the so... point being, his famous line is, "Ask not what you can do for your country." I mean, ask not what oh, your man. country can do for you. Ask what you, what you can do for your country. And people forgot that. People forgot that. They forgot. He started the Peace Corps. He started Volunteers in Service to America. People stopped. They didn't ask. They didn't ask why. They asked why not. And they did things. And yes, there was. we're always a work in progress. America is a work in progress. We are. Whatever it is, you know, black rights, Jewish rights, Puerto Rican rights, Hispanic acknowledgement, Asian rights. Everybody wants their own piece of the pie. You're going to get it. It comes. But just quit bitching about it. That's all. Be grateful what you have. You don't like it here. I hate to say go someplace else, but try it someplace else. See how it goes. Then come back if you want to. Yeah. That's Take all. that vac- vacation in Nova Scotia. See how you feel. You may like Nova Scotia, but you may not like Pakistan. You may not like Israel, but give it a try. See what you like. That's all. Happy New Year, everybody. I love you. Bye-bye. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.